welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. Oh, any excuse for a hug and a cuddle? Take your seats. How are you going? Good, good to hear. Are you ready for more? I like it. They're all preachers now. That's good. That's good. You see, I always love enthusiasm. I love it when, see, because if I'm doing all the work up here, I feel really like it's really unfair. So you need to be preaching in your seat as well this morning, and it's going to be fantastic. Now, Kath just did her back in then, but I ruptured a disc in my back just over five months ago. Um, and I get a little bit embarrassed because everybody, you know, when you rupture your disc and they say, what happened? How did you do it? And it's a little embarrassing to let you know that I did it in bed. <laughs> but I know where you're all going. It wasn't that exciting. Because some of you are very serious right now. I am 48, but I do still enjoy my bed. Anyway, I actually wasn't doing anything in bed when I put my back out. I simply woke up in the morning, stretched and pop. My back went. So I wish it was more interesting than that, but it's really not. And... uh, So I have to clarify that when I say I've ruptured a disc in bed doing nothing. Like the doctor's saying, so how did this happen? I'm like, well, I woke up and stretched. You know you're getting old when that happens. Anyway, um, if I would just leave the story there, then I wouldn't be telling you the whole truth. Because it is true that I ruptured a disc in bed stretching, However, that wasn't the beginning of the story. You see, 23 or 24 years ago, when I was nursing, I was helping an elderly gentleman out of bed. He was six foot four, 79 years old. He was an American guy, and I think he used to play rugby when he was younger. And I was helping him out of bed, and he fell on me. He'd had a stroke, so he was unstable, and he fell on me, and I caught him because I was a good nurse, and I didn't let him hit the floor. But I actually injured my back 24 years ago. Now, I was on work cover for a while, and quite frankly, um, people really didn't know what to do back then. Well, the person I was going to had no idea, and they kind of gave me a little bit of physio, which did absolutely nothing. I apologise to all the physios in the room, but it, it just didn't do anything for me. They made me feel extremely bad and guilty that I was on work cover. Nobody seemed to know what to do. I had a lot of pain. I was restricted in my movement, but over about two or three months four or five months stretched into and I just really didn't know what else to do and the hospital were making me feel very uncomfortable about being on work cover so I just got on with life. Now right now, right there, I need to talk to some of you because you've had a hurt and injury recently 
and it's caused some damage on the inside of you and you think that that is what has happened, but actually the real story happened years ago and you had an injury that nobody knew how to deal with and nor did you and maybe you didn't actually ever get over that and you are now in a position where you're injured again and it's very serious, but you look back at what actually happened and it seems like a stretch in bed and you can't understand why you're in so much agony and pain when all it was was a stretch in bed. Is this making sense? When what really happened was years and years ago. You see, when my original injury happened, I didn't know how to deal with it. The doctors didn't know how to deal with it. There wasn't really the expertise to deal with it in Adelaide at that time. Or if there was, I was completely ignorant of that and not made aware of that and didn't know how to access that. Is that making sense? And you can relate that to yourself. There was an injury happened in your life years ago that you actually didn't know how to deal with properly. Maybe you were a child. Maybe you were in a different place in your life and you didn't know quite how to deal with that. And so it left you with an injury that left you susceptible to hurt in that area. Then one day somebody comes and says you're in a relationship of some sorts and somebody just presses the wrong button and there's a massive injury. People around you go, but I only said this or I only did that. It was only a little stretch in bed and you don't even understand it yourself. But what has actually happened is that injury wasn't dealt with correctly properly. Now I've been in the US on long service leave and celebrating my 25th anniversary and got back, yes, very excited, and Italy. We went to, I know that wasn't a clap, nobody clapped. You don't know my husband, I deserve a clap. Okay, so we um, we went to the US first and did some work there, as you do on long service leave. When you're married to a pastor, <laughs> Pastor Tony, if he's here, is exactly the same as my husband. And uh, so we did lots of work. And then he took me to Italy and we were in Venice for our 25th wedding anniversary overlooking the Grand Canal. It was lovely. Uh, yeah, he deserves a clap for that. <laughs> Even if I did organise it. No. <laughs> and I've completely lost track of what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, anyway, we were in the US... And now I have got a back injury that is no longer a bulging disc, it's a ruptured disc and the fluid, the spine, the disc fluid or the jelly as they explained to me has ruptured, split out of the disc and is pressing on my uh, spinal cord and I have numbness and weakness down this left leg which I still have and I'm getting better, I'm in rehab, look. (laughs) I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. Anyway, um, I'm in the US and saying, God, this is my holiday. This is my plan. I really want to do this. And uh, God orchestrated incredible circumstances to help me get over my back injury. We were in Dallas at the time, staying in a house there. And my husband just happened to text somebody who lived in LA. And he said, hey, Matt, thinking of you. How are you going? We're in the US, blah, blah, blah. 
Matt texted straight back and he said, I'm in Dallas. I'm filming TBN tonight. Why don't you come down and be a guest on the show? We had one hour, ladies, to get ready. I was in my trackie, dirty hair, just on holidays, and we had one hour to get ready to be on a television show that actually airs to millions of people all over the world. But I did it, (laughs) as you do. And uh, I got ready, yeah, thank you. And I got ready and we raced down. We were running so late. We were doing some ridiculous speed down the freeway and I've repented about that since. But we got there on the show. Now just so happens, and I say that in inverted commas, that there were three guests on the show that night. They were all doctors. Two of them were chiropractors and one of them was a neuroscientist. So we go out to dinner after the show to the wee small hours of the morning and we're chatting and talking. One of the chiropractors says, Jane, I can help your back. In three days, I'm on a plane to Enterprise, Alabama, and I am getting treatment at one of America's top chiropractic clinics with my back. I have three days solid treatment and uh, I just about... (laughs) die because I'm getting all what he said to me said Jane that original injury has caused you to compensate it was never corrected and it's caused you to compensate your hips are all twisted your back is has developing scoliosis your neck is out everything about you is crooked now my mother always knew that (laughs) but I was here I was discovering it at 48 years old 23 years or 24 years after my original injury, that injury had caused me to compensate and I literally was walking like this. Now, I probably didn't look like this, but in effect, that's what was happening. And he was straightening out my back millimetre by millimetre, day after day, and our schedule couldn't afford me to stay any longer. I had to fly back to Dallas. That day, Ashley gets in contact with another friend. We go and see them. We're having lunch together with his friend, and this girl that I haven't seen for about five years says to me, I've got a great chiropractor. I'll get you in to see him. What follows is he's one of America's top chiropractors for... Two weeks solid every day. I'm in his clinic for over an hour every day, getting adjusted, getting (laughs) pulled into positions you would not imagine are possible physically. Getting, and this guy does all his work on the floor. Sorry, there was someone else in the office. It was was okay. (laughs) Don't go there. Don't think like that. That's that flesh part's just taking you off. You're going in the wrong place. Anyway, it was incredible and he started to realign. You see, before when I stood, one shoulder was higher than the other. I never could understand it. Look at my shoulders. They are, they are getting straight. And I've got no idea what I'm preaching about because I haven't even looked at my notes But you know what happened? At first I thought, I mean, it it was wonderful to be straight. But I felt like a truck had hit me. I had walked crooked for 24 years. And all of a sudden my body is being forced into alignment and I was in agony. 
I'm telling you, I had headaches that I didn't know, bits of me that I didn't know could ache. I was, (laughs) my poor husband, I'm here, I am on holidays with you. And I'm like, I can't barely move in bed, you know, like when's my next appointment? I was just in absolute agony, aching all over, felt dreadful, felt horrible. And you know, at that time, I had two choices. I was faced with two choices. Everything in me, my whole body was screaming out for what it used to know. I could go back to sitting the way I used to sit. He, t- he I'm telling you, he corrected the way I sit. I, I'm not allowed to cross my legs. <laughs> Kath, I'm not allowed to cross my legs anymore, which is not good because for, my natural thing is my legs fall apart. And my mum always told me to sit with your legs together. And so it's very hard. But one of my knees was forward more than the other. I have to literally physically when I'm sitting, pull it back into line. He taught me how to lie properly, sit properly, stand properly, lift properly. I'm still working on pulling the belly in because he poked me in the belly and said, that's your problem right there. Strengthen that thing up. It's like, oh, how rude. (laughs) Anyway, it's always spongy. See, because I've always been slim and I haven't ever had to well, I know now you're going to hate me. I've never had to work a day in my life in the gym or anything like that. And so as a consequence, I can basically touch the back of my spine because my belly's so spongy. Anyway, he told me to fix that up and I'm working on it. It's getting better. I can only get halfway back now. Um, but I felt so, so sore and I had two choices. I could go back to the way I was sitting, back to the way I was doing because that's what felt comfortable or I could choose alignment. But alignment was extremely uncomfortable for me. And I want to talk to you in this last session. God has been shifting the way where we walk. He's been shifting how we walk. He's asking us to walk in love, walk in His love, be filled with His love. Our natural tendency when we've had an adjustment is to go back to the way we feel comfortable. Every single one of you after this conference is going to have the choice before you. Go back to what you've done forever Because when you get up tomorrow morning, that's what's going to feel more comfortable. Is this making sense? But God's saying to you, no, I want you to persist with alignment. Because I don't know about you, but I'm just going to ask this question. Who wants to be different? Because some people don't. There's there's a lot of people right here that don't want to be different, and that's fine. Or you're just lazy and you didn't put your hand up. Or you're writing. No, it's because you're writing. I, I do understand that now. I can see that you're very studious and diligent and I'm totally misread that really badly. Anyway, most of us, if we're really honest, want to be different. We see things in our lives that we go, you know what? I just wish that wasn't there. I wish I wasn't so reactionary. I wish I wasn't so easily hurt. I wish I wasn't so negative. Somehow I just seem to go negative before I go positive. And I wish I was more positive. I wish, I wish that I was more truthful. Sometimes I will bend the truth because I feel so 
bad at saying some things. I don't want to hurt people or I'm scared that I'm going to get the blame for something or I, I don't know. There's just things about us that we just wish were different. And I really believe that if we don't have that desire to change, we will go towards doing what's comfortable. But I believe every single one of us genuinely and honestly wants to be different. We want those things to change. But I want to tell you this morning, the only way they'll change is if we make a decision to choose alignment. And when we choose alignment, it means going against sometimes what we've always known and what is comfortable. And it's going to seem awkward at first. In fact, some on some levels, it's going to be painful. But we really need to say, I am making a commitment. I have this saying in our house, and some people think I'm a bit weird, but pain is your friend. You all think I'm weird. Slap the person next to you and say, no, no, don't. I saw that. You were so quick to do that. I barely said slap and she was slapping. I've released her. Pain is your friend. You know, sometimes we are so comfort orientated. And I tell you something, it is not surprising when you've been hit by too many bikes, you want to go for comfort. I totally get that. I totally understand that. But I want to tell you this morning, pain is your friend. In this circumstance, in this situation, when God is trying to adjust you, that discomfort that you feel, that kind of I'm out of my depth kind of feeling is your friend. God wants you to actually walk in that until that becomes normal. You see, we don't know what normal is until we practice it enough for it to become more normal than what was normal, if you follow that. We've got to just choose and make a deliberate decision to choose alignment. And I just, I had a lot of things and Pastor Tony's going to kill me because he did 45 PowerPoint slides for me and he said, you better use them. You better use every single one of them and I'm probably going to use three. So... um I'm really, really sorry, but I'm not even looking at my notes, but that's all right, because I feel like there's still some of the baby that hasn't been born, and you've got no idea what I just said or meant, because when God deposits something in my spirit to tell you, it's like having a baby getting it out. Sometimes you're just like, oh, I've got to, you know, I feel like, but I feel like I've got to go back to living in love and walking in love because I feel like that is some of the adjustment that God wants to do in our lives because there has been a period in your life you used to walk in love, you used to do this, but you got hit by a bike, two bikes, three bikes, four bikes, and now you've, it's caused you to withdraw and there's a distrust developed in your spirit. And out of that distrust, you find it hard to love other people the way God wants you to love them. And I just want to read, um, a scripture in 1 Thessalonians 4 9, and I'm really sorry, CG guys. Um, it's probably the second one, but I'm not sure if it is. But if it's not up there, it's all right. We're just chilling. 
So 1 Thessalonians 4, 9 to 10, it says, But we don't need to write to you about the importance of loving each other. For God himself has taught you to love one another. Indeed, you already show your love for all the believers throughout Macedonia. Even so, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you to love them even more. So I'm not saying you don't love each other because you do. But God is saying, okay, this is awesome. I want you to go to the next step. I want you to go to that next level of loving one another sacrificially, loving one another despite being hurt, loving one another, taking away the barriers, taking away the, the guardedness that, that you can love to a certain certain degree and then after that it gets risky and it gets painful. God wants us to love with abandon. He wants us to love so that we can love so freely that the world will know that we belong to him. Why? Because it's impossible to love each other the way we do without God. And that's what we need. It's not, this is kind of like, it's, it's not just about you and about us individually. It's about us. And it's about all the other people who need to experience God's love. What an incredible, I love that story of Matt and, and Judy, his mum. And, and as a mum, I can so relate to that. You know, God wants us to experience his love so that like Matt, he can share his love with his mum. And like Judy can share her, God's love now with the world. God does, it's not just about us. So I want to take this all now from you and from the way you walk and what's happened in your past to shifting where you walk so that you walk and step into a faith realm that says, even if another bike comes and he hits into me, I'm not shifting from here. Even if something happens to me and somebody hurts me, I'm not allowing it to change where I walk. Because how I walk is setting concrete. Because how I walk is I run to God's love. And when I don't have enough love of my own, I go to Him. I get into His arms. I tell Him all about it. And it doesn't mean that we don't hurt. I want you to understand that. I'm not saying you've got to be this machine that never gets hurt. No, of course we get hurt. I get hurt. I get hurt every week. Something happens that someone says, I don't like that. But you know what? You and I have not got to move when we get hurt except run into God's arms and say, God, I'm hurt. This is what's happened. It's not a denial thing. It's not about being stronger. It's about where you go when you're hurt. It's about what you do when you're hurt. You don't pull back. You don't withdraw. You don't hide behind protective barriers. You say, you know what, God, I'm running to your arms. I'm going to sit there and suck my thumb for a little while. And that's allowable. You've got to read through Psalms and hear David complain. That's in the Bible. Why did God put those verses in? Why didn't he just allow the praise verse at the end? No, because he understood that somewhere in the 21st century, there'll be a group of women who will feel the same, who'll need to... It, 
to connect with David's feelings of, I wish you'd break their teeth in their mouth and let them all fall into a trap and kill them with the sword and smash them and get, that's what David says. And God understands that we feel like that. There's nothing wrong with feeling like that. There's something wrong with staying like that. And so you and I need to go, you know what, God, I'm going to run into your arms for comfort. I'm not going to go to these other things that give me comfort for a little while, but I'm going to run into your arms. I'm going to actually come and be filled with your love. And I'm going to empty myself of everything else, which means the hurt. I'm going to tell you. I'm not going to tell my girlfriend. I'm not going to ring my neighbor. I'm not going to ring my friend in the church. I'm not going to ring this person or that person and tell them what an awful person that has been, that they've been to me. And I'm not going to recreate the hurt and the pain out there. God, I'm going to do all that in the safety of your arms. And then I am going to be filled. I'm going to empty that all out. See, God knows we need to be emptied. God knows we need, but as women, we empty into each other's ears. We empty into the wrong places. And God said, if you'll just empty into my arms, into my ears, then I will fill you with my love, which is a supernatural self-sacrificing love that will take you back to that person that ran you over with a bike and allow you to genuinely love them. They don't have to become your best friend, but you can say, I hold nothing against you. I hold nothing against you because when you hold something against those people, it actually damages you, not them. Most of the people that hold grudges against us, we don't even know about it. Most of the people that that we hold grudges about don't even know that we don't like them. They don't even know what they did wrong. It hurts the person that holds on to them because it affects the way they walk. It changes them and changes their alignment so that they become crooked and twisted and sets them up for future injury. Is this making sense? If you hold on to that, it is just going to, like I did with that first nursing injury, it wasn't dealt with properly. I didn't, in the sense, in the spiritual sense, go to God, get that fixed. I didn't go to the doctor, get that aligned, and then walk in correct alignment from there on. No, I held that injury compensated, and somehow that added to my injury 24 years later. God wants us to get rid of anything that is going to set us up for future injury. It's, it literally is about you because he wants you to be in good health. He wants you to be full of love. He wants you to be in correct alignment when you're walking. Why? For your sake, for your health, but so that you can love on others and cause them. Do you know when other people come into the family, people who, family of God, like this. People who are just connecting their lives with God, they don't know how to walk. They're looking at our feet going, oh, is that how you do it? So they may be harsh. They may be say, say something. They may react out of a pattern that they've been used to over the years. If we are not more mature in our walk and filled with God's love, we're not going to teach them to walk the right way. 
And you and I need to be filled with God's love in such an incredible way that we're showing other people just by our response. Sometimes I've had to just suck it in. You know, something happens and you go... And then you, lots happens in that. God help me, I really didn't like that. That was nasty, that's horrible, this person's really mean. I understand, I love you. Sort of, no. <laughs> okay, I just want to read to you 1 John 1, 7. But if we really are living and walking in the light, as he himself is in the light, we have true unbroken fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us and removes us from all sin and guilt, keeps us cleansed from sin in all its forms and manifestations. I'm going to read that again because that is incredibly powerful. But if we really are living and walking in the light as he himself is in the light, we have true unbroken fellowship with one another. Do you see how important it is? You can't have true unbroken fellowship with one another unless you're walking in the light of adjustment that God wants to bring to your life. You will never have that incredible fellowship with one another. Why? Because you'll be walking with a limp. You'll be walking crooked. You'll be walking with that penchant for injury inside of you. And God wants you to walk free. He wants you to walk in confidence as his daughters. He wants you to walk in an incredible way. And just, I'm going to leave it and finish there. I just want us right now at the end of this time and this session, I hope that I've helped you walk in the right place on the path. I hope I've helped you how to walk. And if you've learned nothing else, I want you to hear today that God wants you to walk in love. Love towards Him, run to Him, and then love one another. And I just really believe, just in this last few few minutes of this session, that God wants to do something. I know because when I was praying and preparing for this conference, God showed me there are precious women here who've been hurt, and you it's affected the way you've walked, and you are now feeling like, you know what happens when you get hurt and it affects the way you walk? It isolates you without you realizing it. The thing you want is relationship because every single woman is built and designed to love, to nurture, to be in connection and relationship, but it isolates you when you're hurt. And you cannot be effective isolated. It's not good for you. It's not good for the women around you. They need your love. And I believe there are people here this morning who say, Jane, I recognize that I need an adjustment this morning. I want to actually be someone who loves to the capacity that God created in me to love. Every single one of us has got an incredible capacity to love because God created us to give birth to children and love things that spew and poo and I miss behaving and scribble on walls and and swear and do dreadful things. And he created us to love them anyway. Imagine what we could do for each other. 
We've got great potential to love, incredible potential in this room. And I just believe God wants to unlock some of that. And I believe there are people here, and we're just going to bow our heads and close our eyes. There are people here that have been hurt and God is challenging you. Come on, you need to run into my arms I want to heal you. I want to empty you of that hurt today. And so that I can fill you with my love, a supernatural love that you'll be able to reach out to other people with for the rest of your life if you keep getting filled with this love. And if that's you, why don't you just stand? We're just going to pray right across this place right now. If you say, yes, I, I, I need that adjustment. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lots of women standing. Lots and lots of women. I believe that God wants to do something in our lives and in our hearts. And just by standing, you're saying, you're acknowledging, God, I'm acknowledging I need help from you. I've, I've been hurt. In some area of my life, there's just a, a lid on me. And I know that, I know inside of me there's more. I know I can give more. I know I can love more. Help me, Father, to love in a sacrificial kind of love that you loved me. Help me to love them. Awesome. We're just going to pray. Father, I thank you for the sense of your spirit here right now. Lord, an incredible sense of your presence. And because, Father, these women have responded in honesty, Father, you have chosen to adjust something in them this morning. And they have chosen to respond. Father, I thank you for their honesty before you. I pray right now that as they stand before you and before man, that you will just cause healing to come where there's been pain. You'll cause, Lord, them to be emptied of the pain and the hurt that they've had within them and carried within them. And Father, I ask right now that you will fill them with your love, that you'll fill them with a love that overflows, that a love that is no not ending, a love that is not due to circumstance, but a love, Lord, that flows out of them regardless of the circumstances and situations they find themselves in. And Father, I thank you that they can go from here and show their true colours to the world, that they will cause the love within them to just begin to shine, that you, your love in them will shine on them and the colours that you've placed in them and they will reflect that to the world, Father, in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. You can take your seats. Thank you. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen. And God bless.